AJ Jones, how are you? I'm well, how are you? I am great. We bring you this podcast heading northbound on Highway 65. Woohoo! As if you hear bizarre traffic, that is why. Podcasting from the car, ladies and gentlemen. I'm hoping this is legal. <laughs> well, AJ Jones, tomorrow we kick off the More Conference. Before we jump into more, tell me what you've been doing this week. Wow. Um, getting ready for More Conference. So, uh, just, you know, all the the things that you got to do to get ready for a big conference. Hair, makeup, nails. Yeah. No, I haven't done any of those things yet. That might be tonight. Uh, our kids are out of school for they, the summer. They are. Well, almost. Yep. They're, uh, well, Abby gets out tomorrow. It's her final day and Tia's out. MJ, of course, is not in school. Which is awesome. So, yep. Um, we didn't go to any new restaurants this week, but I did concoct a fabulous meal the other night. We had Ryan and Katie and Quinn over as a farewell as they head off to Iris and to Scotland we had uh, some steak with, which was great but the thing that finished it was the fantastic lemon parsley butter that I found this recipe before I wasn't sure it would work I've never thought of having lemon butter on a steak before no me neither and I didn't think it would be good if I'm going to be honest but it was awesome your confidence in my culinary <laughs> skills notwithstanding <laughs> it was amazing I was amazed how summery steak felt yeah. Along with slow roasted uh, corn on the cob and a caprese salad. Is it is caprese? Is that what you say? Not caprese? I think it's caprese. Caprese salad. Yeah. Um, it was yummy. You managed to invent your own drink at Frothy Monkey. I did. They have a new, or right now, they're running a thing of a coconut cream latte. And I thought, what could make a coconut cream latte even better? I know, mocha. So I invented my own almond milk mocha coconut cream latte. And huzzah! You've got to admit, wonderful. it's got a really catchy title. <laughs> <laughs> you should just do the, uh, what's it called when you take the first letter of a reward? Oh, uh, oh, what is that called? I have no idea. Yeah, that thing. Anagram? No. No, not an anagram. Uh, uh, something. Anyway. One of those things. You should call it a... <laughs> <laughs> I'll have a him and a to go, please. Would you like that iced? Oh, yes, please. Iced. Um, we haven't had much time to do TV, but we have made time for 24. Yes. What are you feeling about new season of 24? I don't know. I'm sort of at the same place that I always am with 24. When you're only like three or four episodes in of, you know that whatever the current storyline is, is not the main storyline because you're only a couple hours in and you know Jack's not going to die so I'm not fully invested yet so you're a 24 cynic I'm a I am I'm afraid to say but I still want to watch it it's just that I'm I'm I could also play a game on my phone while watching it very good uh it's also interesting it's all happening in the UK it is which is funny for me well it's nice yeah yeah makes this stuff up a little bit we had some reader questions that came in, which I want to take some time to answer. Um, Diana asked, and Diana, presumably by the fact that you sent this in, you're okay with me reading this on air. But this is a fantastic question. You wrote, hello, I was just recently quote-unquote prophesied to from a family member. He was sitting nearby me in the kitchen, and suddenly he says he's unable to see anything. 
Then he looks towards me and says something about I'm living in fear and that I'm greater than the anointed one. Then he quote-unquote wakes up and asks if anything happened. Later that day, he confronts me and says I need to stop mocking God because of my unbelief. What are your thoughts on this situation? Well, I have many thoughts on this situation, but my first thought is that's not being prophesied over. Yeah, throw it out. That's being weirded over. Yeah. So, a couple of things. New Testament guidelines for prophecies that it's encouraging. Edification, exhortation, and comfort are your safety lines for that. So it kind of feels like a rebuke that you're living in fear and that you need to stop mocking God. And then, second of all, if you were just to weigh that word just against Scripture, nobody's greater than the anointed one. So I don't know who your family member is or why they're... uh, passing out in order to give prophetic words but they, they I would probably need some training uh, yeah I would throw that out and run away from him got another email that you handle this one this is from Annie she asks about contending for your healing versus receiving healing we see this sometimes when you pray for somebody and they get healed and all their pain goes but then the very next day the pain that they did have that they were previously healed from it comes back what are your thoughts on that one AJ um, I don't know. I don't know if I have a great answer for that. I, I've experienced that as well. I've experienced being healed and you're just healed and that's it and it never comes back. And I've experienced the, I got healed and now it's back and then usually it goes again. I, I, I don't have an answer for that really. I think the great, greatest example I saw of that was when I was traveling with John and Carol and I remember that happened at a conference. So get what night it was let's say it was the Friday night and somebody got a miraculous healing really incredible healing and then the Saturday night John was doing testimonies hey everybody who's got a testimony who's got something they want to share and this lady you know who got healed the night before came up and John had asked her you know how are things going and she said the pain had came back and and so I was interested to hear John's answer and so as John wonderfully does he he just said well honey how did you get your healing you know, did you strive for your healing? Did you fight for your feeling? Or did you just receive it as a free gift? And she said, well, I received it as a free gift. And he said, okay. So when it started coming back, what did you do? And she said, well, I started, you know, fighting the devil. And he was like, okay, well, here's the thing. You know, you, you know, the devil's already defeated foe. So rather than striving and fighting to keep something... My encouragement would be to step back into the grace that got you healed and just thank God for what he's done and ignore it. You know, sometimes the enemy, especially if it's been a spirit of affliction, would love to convince you that you're not healed. And he'll do that by intimidation, by lying. And, you know, while you don't want to ignore genuine symptoms, you also do just want to say, you know what, I'm going to stop, I'm going to step back, I'm just going to rest in the presence and the goodness of God. And choose to focus on that rather than on the, rather than on the the pain or the, the healing symptoms, that comes back. Yeah. yeah, or the symptoms that yeah. comes back. I mean, we should probably do a larger teaching on healing, but that's that's what I've seen. I've seen that. I've also seen that in my own life, where um, I used to be terrified of flying, which is interesting given my job used to be being on airplanes, and I used to suffer terribly from anxiety attacks when I'd be on a plane. And usually if I hadn't flown in a long time and I got on a plane, I would begin to feel this overwhelming dread and panic and fear. And I learned very quickly that actually focusing on that and I'm going to rebuke you, devil, and this and that and the next thing actually just got me more wound up. 
So I actually just refused to agree with it. Or focusing on the turbulence and all the things that were feeding it. <laughs> yeah, no, I would just say, you know what, God, you're very, very good. I refuse to come into agreement with this thing. Yeah. Now, of course, you want to balance that. I'm not advocating that you're genuinely having symptoms and you should be taking medicine and you're talking yourself out. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about you've experienced some level of healing and you're feeling like it's coming back. Rather than, you know, going all guns blazing, fighting, why not just retreat into heavenly rest and see what happens? So I'm not sure it's a fully answered response, but it's the best I can come up with as I'm driving on I-65, or actually AJ's driving. Well, we're on 440 now, baby. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is why I don't drive. (laughs) Indeed. And then the last question wasn't so much a question, it was a very generous offer from Ryan, who noticed, hey, I love listening to your podcast, but what I've noticed is you don't have any bumper music. And he very kindly offered to produce them for us, which we really appreciate, Ryan. But actually, we decided very deliberately not to have bumper music. Uh, Of the podcasts that I like to listen to, I like just listening straight in. I I don't want to bore you by making you listen to the same 15-second jingle um, at the start and the end. So thank you for your kind offer, but our not having it isn't because we didn't have any. It's because we didn't want one. Didn't want one. Yeah. Boom. Well, AJ Jones, I wanted to ask you about, given that we're going to be speaking several times this weekend at the Moore Conference, I thought it might be interesting to ask you how you prepare a message, how you come up with a message. What's your process for doing that? Um, I would say my process is always fairly similar, but doesn't always look exactly the same. But for this past week... Um, you know, obviously we've known that we're going to be speaking this weekend for a couple of months. So I'm kind of keeping my ear to the ground with the Holy Spirit, as it were, and just sort of saying, okay, God, you know, what do you want me to talk about? And um, and and sort of collecting thoughts. And I typically just collect them all on my iPhone. So um, I've been getting little pieces of revelation that are all going to go with what I'm speaking on uh, for the opening session. Um, and I've just sort of collected those. And then this morning I took all those and started fleshing it out further by mind mapping and um, searching scripture and all that kind of stuff. So, um, so you I have start some there. scaffolding. Yeah. And then you stick stuff to the scaffolding and see how it fits. Yeah, and then I move it around until I'm happy with sort of the mind map and the way it's organized, and I'm confident that people will be able to follow that, and then I'm going to move it to Keynote and start putting that together. How much of it would you say you have of the finished product when you sit down to start fleshing it out? I had three lines and a thought. Three lines and a thought. And then you find stuff comes as you give yourself to it? Yeah. Yeah, just as I start to look through Scripture and just talk to the Holy Spirit about those three lines and actually even as I'm typing the mind map stuff just starts coming and then how do you get from that to what you're you're standing up in front of a couple hundred people talk to me about the difference between or the steps between fleshing out and then the actual finished product then what happens well, so once I'm done the mind map and I have uh, all the scripture verses together that I'm going to use, I, I place everything in an order and then I start putting a keynote together and, you know, writing out full notes and stuff like that in the presenter's notes 
uh, section of it. So start, you know, start by getting it down there. Once I've got it into a keynote, I, I dump the mind map and all the other tertiary notes because I don't use them anymore. Right. And then you hand it over to your husband. And, I do. And to, you say, make To make look my pretty. keynote look sexy. I'm not sure it looks sexy. <laughs> it looks audience appropriate. I I usually do the keynote. I do the amount of slides I want, and I type out what I want on it. But uh, I hand it over to you to make it the right size and automate it and put in pictures and you know all that kind of stuff. So you you make it look great. And I go what's for funny functional. to me is you used to hate using. Key- you never wanted to teach using keynote. Yeah. And now I don't really see you teach without it. Well, right, because I understand that the visual is really important for people actually learning and retaining. Right. Um, but, uh, but was it hard for you to overcome speaking without visual aids to speaking with visual aids? Because a lot of speakers that I meet are like, I don't want to do that because then I can't ad-lib or freestyle. It is, it is harder to ad-lib or freestyle on some things. So typically if I'm doing something like, teaching on the father heart i will use like skeleton slides and only right. use the slides that i need for a certain scripture and that's my encouragement use landmark versus, slides mm-hmm. that you don't actually have to navigate through linearly right so they're broad enough that you could um jump around jump around or, and skip some stuff i like i actually like the structure of having slides because i totally agree it does limit you in jumping around but actually the process of having to think through what you're actually going to speak and refine and be deliberate for me i i end up producing better material than if i leave it really really broad and loosey and i'm going to add lib. but i wonder if that's just personality type that's more the way the holy spirit and i tend to work yeah i would say i probably still prefer to just do the ad living stuff right on the topic of keynote, Apple has a new version. Well, they've had a new version out for a while, but finally got to the place where it's a version I would actually use and do use now in real life. I've been using keynote since version one, since the very first version came out. And uh, I actually really like the new version. It's a little bit more limiting in the speaker presenter view. Yeah, I don't like that part. I liked the presenter view of the last. Um, where you could totally customize it. Mm-hmm. I've just gotten used to it and, and trust it a little more. I'm very similar in the way I do my notes. In fact, I wrote an, uh, an article on our website, alanaj.com. If you go to articles, there's a, the very first thing I wrote there is how I prepare a sermon. But I'm very very much the same. I feel like the week that I know I'm speaking, I feel like I'm Velcro. And I just kind of wander around and I collect bits of stuff mm-hmm. and just kind of pick it off me, all this revelation. And when I actually come down to sit down and look through it, I then have a collection of stuff that i've collected i get tons of revelation in the shower i you, get revelation while i'm driving you do yeah yeah i i get in the shower and think oh that's good and yeah usually my procedure is very similar i just sit down i dump it out of my brain and then i arrange it in keynote to try and make some sort of sense of it and i tend to spend an inordinate amount of time if i have the luxury of the time um revisiting my notes a lot because i actually find the creative part of adding photos and finding videos, really, really helpful. It's like my brain and the Holy Spirit work together on other stuff while my brain and my hands put together images and align fonts and that sort of stuff. Thanks for your feedback on that one. I appreciate <laughs> it. You're a great co-host. <laughs> I guess you're, 
Yes, that is what happens for you. <laughs> and then you stand up, and I love what Conan O'Brien says, that you prepare like crazy so that you can wing it. And so, you know, when I get up, I'm confident that I know what I'm going to say, but I'm always surprised by what comes out. Like That's sometimes why we get a recording of what we've spoken on, because we're like, oh my gosh, Lord, you gave me some revelation there that was amazing. Well, hopefully that will be the case for us this weekend. I'm aware that we record these podcasts on a Thursday and they don't come out till a Monday. So by the time you listen to this, we will have already spoken at the Moore Conference and uh, hopefully we will have done as well as we uh, are planning on doing. If you Behold the parking anointing, darling. Yes, you have a very good parking spot as we pull in at the airport. If you happen to miss the Moore Conference or you're at the Moore Conference and you wanted to uh, get copies of what was spoken to. If you go to musthavemore.com, you can download the MP3s of all the sessions. And we also have a video archive of all the sessions as well, available at our YouTube channel. Check the show notes uh, to find the links for those things. Uh, things that are coming up, AJ, we have our School of Supernatural Life application deadline. Yes, we do. June 15th We'd love you. application deadline. We'd love you to come to our school. It's an eight-month school designed to transform your life. Um, we have just arrived at the airport where we're picking up our dear friend David Campbell, who's one of the speakers. Yeah, he's totally awesome. So we are going to sign off. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Keeping Up With The Joneses. Uh, if you'd like to leave us a comment, leave us a question, please do so. Go to alanaj.com slash ask, and we'll do our best to answer your question on the next show. Thanks for listening.